Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Astros Baseball. The Astros take the series 2-0 versus the Rockies. That's a 7-1 homestand, and they go to 13-10 tonight. I am joined by the legend, Mr. Greg Lucas. Mr. Lucas, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'll tell you what, it's uh, been a nice last uh, homestand. I, I don't know how many How many have they won in a row, five or six? Uh, yeah, I think it was, I've been counting today. It could have been, well, they won, they split the first two, and then they won everything after that, and they had eight games. So, yeah, that would be six. Yeah. Hmm. I like it. I mean, you know, you, you go seven and one, and you're only sitting at thirteen and ten. So they they desperately needed a homestand like this. Well, they, yeah, they've lost five in a row, and, and at that point, things were looking bleak because the, the injuries were piling up. Uh, several of the players weren't hitting, and a couple of them still aren't. And uh, the offense wasn't producing a whole lot, even though up to the last, uh, ironically, this last winning streak. Uh, you know, they were one of the top teams in the league and, and runs scored, but they were getting those uh, early in the season. They were winning some one-sided games, and that has been not the case for quite a while. Yeah, they even there was even a game they scored seven runs when they lost 14-7. to seven. So sometimes those stats are a little misleading. But they're definitely having trouble scoring lately. But luckily for us, sir, the pitching has been great. Pitching has been wonderful. I mean, uh, you know, there's no Verlander. Uh, Urquidy was supposed to be one of the starters, probably the fifth starter, but he's uh, not been able to round into shape uh, and hasn't hasn't played at all. And but they found some guys, and none of them were big name guys, not even big name minor league guys. Uh, they were down the system and kind of made themselves big league pitchers on the fly, and they have done a great job. Starting pitching, particularly because the starters they've had uh, throw strikes, get ahead in counts, and do very well. Some of the bullpen guys have good numbers, uh, but they have a little more trouble with their command and control. And uh, sometimes it can be a little bit scary with them. But they have uh, they've been able to survive and uh, and, and pitch well enough uh, in the big picture. So we go. Let's talk about Monday's game. The Astros scored quickly. They were up two to zero. Carlos Correa had a two-run double, and that's that's it. That's all they scored all game. 
Uh, Story had that solo home run off Belak. Uh, Belak six innings. He only gave up one hit, and that was that home run. He did have four walks, so that goes to the control problems you're bringing up. But his ERA is sitting at 169. How impressed are you with this guy? Uh, great, great deal. Uh, he had, I only had the three walks, but that's in six innings, and that's not uh, that's not quite the same as with a few of the bullpen guys, including today's uh, uh, reliever that uh, you know has 12 walks and 10 strikeouts, something like that. But uh, and, they've had, they've had, and of course uh, they had that same problem with Josh James. But they have basically, uh, they've got some great arms. Our guys have great stuff, and my goodness, if they, if they uh, develop the command that often comes with experience and age, they're going to be just out of sight. Yeah, Belag didn't even make the roster. 30-man roster coming out of spring training, and I think he had a little chip on his shoulder, but I, don't, I see this guy being in the rotation for the next six years. Well, I think I think the the Astros rotation uh, does look promising. Remember, they're going to lose uh, two veteran pitchers. We doubt if either one of them will be signed, and that's Frankie uh, uh, and Verlander after next season. Uh, but now, I think uh, it does look a little bit more promising that they may have uh, they may have enough depth in the system that they may be able to survive that, uh, considering that's still after next year. So they've still got even more time to develop. Yeah, we, we were looking to the future without Grinky and Verlander, waiting and waiting for Forrest Whitley to come up. And like you said, these other guys just came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, they blew blown way past him. Of course, he's had injury problems. He's also had a lot of control problems, and that is his, uh, his, uh, his story, really. Uh, a guy with a great arm, great stuff. Uh, not enough command of this stuff now. As I said, age sometimes allows you to develop command, but uh, by missing a lot of time, uh, it's probably slowing down that process with him. The Astros picked up uh, Brooks Raley. Out of, I guess they traded him with the Reds, right? And this guy was spent a few years in Korea, and I don't know where they keep finding these guys, but, you know, it's well, magic. It's funny because, you know, They've been getting by with very few, if any, left-handed relief pitchers over the last several years, and that's okay because if you know if you're if you're just putting a left-hander on there just to have a left-hander, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. And now they've got a couple that have looked pretty good, and uh, and Rayleigh's one of them. And uh, sometimes it just takes guys a little bit of time. Now he's not a blow them away type guy, but uh, he's again got a good enough stuff if his command. Uh, continues as it has so far, he's going to be able to help this team greatly. James came in also on Monday. He's been a little shaky lately. And then Blake Taylor, another young kid that I'm very impressed with, uh, picks up his first career save on Monday. And he has shown he showed great command and, and a hard pass. I mean, he throws 95-plus as a left-hander. He's not a, a token left-hander that's going to – Dazzle you with his footwork and throwing a lot of junky curves and stuff and on the team just because he's left-handed. He can get lefties and righties out both. And, uh, no, I've been very impressed with him. Uh, and, uh, and James, I'm impressed with. His arm is really, really good. He just cannot command the count enough. And, uh, if he doesn't walk you, he falls behind you. And then, uh, then it's much easier to hit even though he throws hard. Uh, 
uh, if he could just develop that command that he needs, uh, he would be like that. He'd be as good as anybody on the staff. But that's the difference with a lot of pitchers. Uh, a lot of them never develop it, or they develop it later, and they still make it. But some that never develop it never make it. So uh, we just have to keep our fingers crossed on him. So you go with Monday, Correa and Yuli Gurriel both went two for four, and Yuli Gurriel went two for four again today. How impressive has Yuli Gurriel been? Well, Yuri, Yuri is, a, is a professional hitter, and he's, he, he's, uh, he, he's, he's got quick hands, and uh, he, he doesn't appear to be one of those guys that does a whole lot of guessing. He just he sees the ball and reacts to the ball, and he's got good enough reflexes to do it. And, and uh, I've been impressed with him ever since uh, the Astros got him. And, of course, uh, he is in, at an advanced age, but it doesn't seem to be showing at all. No. And they, uh, he was going to be a free agent, too, but I, I think they're going to sign him. I, he wants to stay here, and I talked about this on the last podcast, but he wants to stay here, and we should be able to get him at a good deal. And I mean, who else do they have? Well, that's the other thing. You have to look at the uh, what is in, on the roster right now, what is on the, in the farm system right now. And uh, we thought the Astros' farm system was rather depleted, but that would be including pitching prior to this season. Obviously, there were some pitchers there that uh, weren't getting much ink, and we're seeing them up here right now. We are not seeing a whole lot of uh, non-pitching prospects uh, really uh, shine. Uh, Tucker's getting to play every day, and uh, that can't do anything to help him because he's, uh, you know, he's not stood out. Uh, but of course, he had the big game-winning homer. But he's hitting just barely 200, and uh, he strikes. He has a high propensity for striking out. But he's getting to play because the Astros are really uh, lacking in depth uh, in outfielders, uh, especially since um, I don't know whether uh, uh, Alvarez will ever be able to play the outfield uh, because of the knee problems, which he had problems with last year, and uh, so consequently, there's uh, he doesn't count it as outfield depth. Uh, and so, consequently, there isn't a whole lot of it out there. So you're talking about the uh, the young kids not producing on the offensive side. One of those that sticks out to me is Abraham Toro. He went 0 for 3 again today, and his average is sitting at 118. Well, the sad thing about him is he's another one of these guys that was a really good triple-A hitter last year. He hit the 30-some homers, as I recall. And he just never shown it in his uh, limited number of at-bats in the big leagues. Maybe he will, uh, but uh, he's got to remember that he's not going to get a whole lot of opportunities uh, when everybody's healthy. You know, uh, when uh, Springer is healthy, and uh, uh, you know the big guy with the big guy gets his knee problem figured out and uh, is healthy, uh, there's going to be less opportunity for guys like Toro and Straw and guys like that to get playing time. So they've got to take advantage of it now. The Astros won again today, two to one. So two games with a two to one score. Today was a little different. Nobody scored till extra innings. This woman eleven, uh, but Zach Greinke, uh, this guy's uh, pitching beautifully. He's only got one win, but he has pitched. His earned run average, I think, is what one six or something. His, I mean, he's pitched uh, except for his first start where he wasn't really in shape yet, and they only went three plus innings. Uh, that was kind of a spring training tune-up, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been outstanding in every game, and I just love to watch him pitch because 
I'm a big guy, as you can probably tell, on command and control, and he's got it. He's got it in spades with every pitch he throws. Yeah, he went eight innings today. So he's going further and further each time. He only gave up three hits and no walks. So, I mean, I'm super impressed. He's a a master. He's one of those guys they used to call uh, a comfortable 0 for 4 if you were a hitter because you never felt like you were overmatched because he couldn't throw a fastball past you, really. But the game's over and you're 0 for 4. I mean, you're not – you're not – uh, you're not scared to death like if you face Nolan Bryant in his prime or Clemens or somebody like that uh, who you had to really get the bat started and all that sort of stuff. No, he, he, you can you can make contact with his stuff, but he just can't hit it hard. <laughs> and uh, that's that's a master pitcher. Uh, Paredes, he came in, pitched a scoreless inning. How impressed are you with this kid? I really like him too. He, he's he shows no fear, and he's got command of uh, uh, curveball and fastball, and uh, he moves it around. Uh, you know, you hope he's moving it around on purpose. Sometimes guys are moving around just because they can't throw it exactly where they want to, but at least he's not walking people. He's getting the strike zone. This stuff is still tough to, uh, tough to hit. Now, I've been very, very impressed with him. Um, you know, some of the guys with a little more experience, not maybe as impressed, Sneed and uh, Viva Gini, who's back uh, healthy again, uh, uh, they're not quite as impressive, but uh, the uh, the young guys have been the story, as far as I'm concerned, in this first uh, uh, 23 games. If, if yeah. the Astros didn't have these uh, young pitchers coming through like they are, they'd been dead meat by now. Presley gave up a run in the 10th today, uh, but Scrub came in. Now this guy, I, you kind of talked about him earlier without bringing up his name. And well, he's kind of in the Josh James class. He really throws hard, but he he has a lot of trouble getting throwing strikes consistently, and uh, scares me a little bit because, as I say, he has actually walked more than he has struck out, and in just limited opportunities. And and he showed that again today, but he also showed how good his stuff was, yeah. and he didn't give up any runs. Yeah, he has eleven walks in ten and two thirds innings, but. I mean, when he came in, I, w- I know he's going to walk somebody. They're already starting with the guy on second, and I'm thinking this isn't the guy you want on. And then he went ahead and walked a guy, but he got out of it. And this yeah, guy's yeah, – yeah, that's because, again, he's got the stuff, and he was able to throw him uh, enough strikes. And he got uh, straightened out a little bit by uh, Strom, who came out to the mound, and all of a sudden he started hitting his own a little bit more, not being afraid to throw the fastball. And, uh, no, he, uh, he's got, again, he's another one of these guys that wouldn't have been here had the Astros been at full strength. But it really has benefited him because he's showing major league players and coaches and scouts and everybody else that, hey, he can play up here. So if, if next year the roster is tight and full and he doesn't make the team out of spring training, he'll be back. Uh, and, uh, and certainly at some point when they lose some of these guys to free agencies or maybe inv- being involved in trades, he will be back and he'll have a chance to be a, uh, a long-term major leader. Yeah, I think he's got nine appearances in those ten and two-thirds innings. He still hasn't allowed a run. I mean, I called him Houdini today. I don't know how he keeps getting out of these jams, but he still hasn't allowed a run. 
Yeah, I don't. I haven't looked at his inherited runners uh, line. Whether or not he's good on that, uh, but as far as earned runs, no, he hasn't given up any. If you look at it, inherited runs, I think I don't have the stats either. But just you know, watching yeah. the games, Paredes, that guy is ice cold. I mean, nothing bothers that guy. No, no, not at all, not at all. He's uh, yeah, he just uh, well, as I said, they got two starting pitchers that are in that category, but we came out of nowhere, and they've got uh, uh, several relievers the same way. I'll tell you what I liked about. Today, certainly, was they got eight innings out of the starter. So that took some of the pressure off the uh, bullpen. He was put right back on by having the game being tied. Yeah. And going into it. But uh, when some of the starters that were very impressive were, were barely getting it through six, that made it a little more difficult uh, on the bullpen. And uh, they, they did pretty well, considering the number of innings they had to pitch uh, early in the season, earlier when uh, hardly anybody was going past five or six innings. And now uh, Grinke, I think, can be counted on that. I think McCullers can be, too, if he keeps his pitch count at low, because he's still strong uh, later in the game. And that'll help a great deal. And then uh, the young guys uh, uh, simply have to uh, show that they don't lose, lose, you know, get gassed after about five innings. If they, uh, they can add some innings to their, to their uh, log. So one other thing about Scrub, uh, we got him in the Tyler White trade, so it looks like we won that. But what what do you think's wrong with Altuve? He went 0 for 4 today. He's hitting 168. Well, he just looks awful. Now, over the last few couple days, he hit a few outs fairly well. But what troubles me more than anything else is he's mentally appears to be screwed up. He's He's, he looks like he's guessing too much because he's taking some fastballs that are right down the middle. Mm-hmm. And he has been helpless against sliders. And he, if he's guessing slider, he, he can't hit it anyway. And uh, he, he was a slider. Like, he had one at bat where he struck out on three straight sliders and none of them were strikes. And then the next at bat, first pitch to him, the slider, he swings and misses it at two. So it's like he didn't learn a darn thing from his previous at bat. And then he will take a fastball right down the middle. And uh, Altuve, when he was really good, or when he is really good, is sort of a a Guriel-type hitter. He sees the ball, swings at the ball, hits the ball. Uh, Not guessing so much, not trying to outthink the pitcher. And for some reason, he's gotten into a little bit of a funk, and that's what it looks like to me that he's doing. He's, he's, He's anticipating, or guessing, as some would say, pitches, and, uh, and and putting himself in a hole. He almost always has he's got two strikes on him before anything else. And uh, swinging at bad pitches that uh, he's not seeing, he's not recognizing, uh, or, or, or he's already made up his mind that it's going to be a fastball, so here comes my swing. And uh, it's not even close. So I don't know what it's going to take to get him turned around. I, more often what happens is one game, against a pitcher that's maybe not going all that well, and then you hit, you know you get two or three hits, and they're really well-hit balls. And sometimes that's all it takes. But he hasn't had one of those games for quite a while. Yeah, he's even trying to bunt to get on. That's not even working. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't get that one down. He, he, he bunt, bad bunt. So yeah, yeah. everything was going on. I, I think it was very wise on his part to request to go down in the batting order so he would uh, – 
maybe look a little less obvious, but because what was happening was that Springer isn't hitting, and I don't think he's cracked 200 yet either. And uh, and then Bidja, or then uh, uh, Altuve was batting second, so the Astros were never getting anything out of the first inning. Yeah. And uh, so they wanted to change that, and Altuve volunteered to move down until he gets going a little bit. I hope uh, I hope that helps, because... Uh, they got to get Springer back, and he's got that nagging injury. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you got the, the, the other guys that have little injuries, and then you have some big injuries. And so the fact they've ever won this many games in a row is uh, really uh, a tribute to whatever yeah. uh, it takes. Yeah, they won today without Springer, without Jordan, without Brantley. Uh, so you see, we do have the injuries. I did read today Justin Verlander was throwing off uh, flat ground. I was kind of expecting him to maybe miss the season. Uh, but let me let me touch on these other pitchers real quick. We talked about James and Bilac, or Belak, Taylor, and Scrub. Uh, how impressed are you with Christian Javier? Well, that's another one. The only thing <laughs> I noticed with him is that uh, when he got deeper in games, his velocity dropped off uh, two or three miles an hour. He was still getting guys out, which was a plus, but it was time for him to come out. I think yeah, he'll, his velocity will be 94 to 95, and then usually when he gets to about the 70-some pitch, uh, if you watch it, he'll be down to 91. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be a little stronger and be able to go a little bit uh, more than 70 pitches. He's got he's he's to at least get himself up another inning. And I think he, he has a chance because he's still a young guy and he's still working. What about Framber Valdez? He was kind of uh, hit and miss. Well, he's not one of those command and control guys. He's got great stuff. Yeah. His, his pitches move more than any guy I can remember seeing on a regular basis. I mean, nothing he throws is straight. His fastball has movement. His uh, his breaking balls all have movement, of course. And sometimes that is a problem for him because – when they leave his arm, they're, when they leave his hand, they're fine, but then they move out of the strike zone. And so um, he sometimes has to make an adjustment to that, but he is extremely hard to hit. Uh, he just has to make sure that uh, he's he's hitting spots that are going to get called strikes if the guys don't swing at him. But I, I like him a lot. I think he's, he's got – I liked him last year even. Um I think he's uh, he's he's good. Now, like Kirkiti, we haven't talked about because he hadn't pitched, and I don't know what's going to happen when he comes when he does come back. But he uh, was very impressive at the end of the season last year mm-hmm. and in the postseason, and uh, I think he's going to be a, a factor with this club. And, and again, Verlander is an interesting case because everyone jumped on the fact that when uh, you start having elbow problems. That is the same thing that you get prior to needing elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. And I still go back and use the story about Nolan Ryan because uh, this is true. In 1986, he started having elbow problems. He missed some time, and they examined him, and uh, he had damage uh, to his own ulnar collateral, collateral ligament, but it was not totally torn. It was it was damaged, and so at that point. The general manager of the club started putting him on a, uh, uh, a pitch cap, which he didn't like. Because, you know, he'd been a tough guy. He's going complete games and all that sort of stuff. They put him on a pitch cap to preserve his arm. Well, it, it preserved his arm. He pitched through uh, 1993, as you know, the last five in Texas, with mm-hmm. an elbow that was hanging on by a thread. Huh. 
and uh, it finally snapped. He was going to retire at the end of that season anyway, but it finally snapped in a game that I was doing on television in uh, Seattle. First inning, they're going to have a sellout crowd. It was going to be his last appearance in uh, in Seattle, and they sold all the seats, and they weren't even all there yet. They got about half the fans are in their seats, and he was awful in the first inning, and uh, throwing a pitch, it it popped. It popped. The, the ligament went, and he had to leave the game and so on and so forth. Well, he then uh, he was retiring at the end of the season, so it was no big deal. But I ran into him the next spring because I was doing some college baseball too, and I was doing a TCU game, and his uh, son Reed was pitching for TCU, and I saw Nolan, and I said uh, uh, he was uh, he was actually throwing some batting practice, and I asked him, I said, how, "How soon did you have surgery? I'm surprised you're out there throwing even at you know moderate speed." And he said, "I never had surgery." He never had surgery, and your ligament, your collateral ligament, snapped. He says it healed, huh. and he said I can I can get it up to uh, the high ninety or high eighties now. Yeah, he says I'm retired, of course, but I can I can now throw it high. And he had never never had surgery. But the point was, I told that story when we had the situation with Verlander because he's an older pitcher too, and for Nolan having surgery in nineteen eighty six, he was already getting up there and. Uh, so he didn't want to do it. it was, as I say, it wasn't totally snapped, but it was it was torn. It was it was damaged. And uh, most younger pitchers, they go in that surgery anyway, just to be sure. Well, he pitched about six more years before it finally snapped, and I was surmising that if Verlander has a ligament that is not snapped, but just torn slightly, he might not. He might want to come back. Uh, without undergoing surgery. I, I, I don't have any story on this. I don't know whether or not it truly was an injury only to the forearm and not the elbow ligament at all. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But it sounds suspicious uh, because uh, he he, um, he might want to just try to pitch through it like Nolan did and see if he can uh, as opposed to actually having to undergo surgery at this stage of his career and his life. But uh, we'll see. I think that uh, if he comes back, um, the Astros certainly can use him. Uh, but uh, hopefully, uh, he can make it back this year if he if he can. Yeah, they can uh, they can win again. Yeah, it, assuming it, he'd be as good as he was, uh, but uh, <laughs> they can win again. He's a, a cagey pitcher. Once the hitting comes around to where it's supposed to be, and I have confidence that it will. Uh, you know, Altuve's had bad stretches before. They've never been at the start of the season or maybe as long. But it's only been 23 games. And actually the first what, first week of the season, he seemed to be hitting okay. And then all of a sudden just fell off a cliff. So we'll see uh, We'll see what the story is. But uh, um, I'm confident in this team. I'm making the postseason. After that, it's just who knows what. You know, it's the old postseason thing. But I will say this. Their pitching staff should be in very good shape. Uh, with the guys that we've seen so far, if they make it to the postseason, and as I said, I I expect the hitters like Springer and Altuve and and Bregman, the guys that have hit in the past, and, and even uh, you know, uh, and to come around. And uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. It's just that there are only eighty games. You you can't uh, you can't hope for a giant stretch if you're too far behind. I think they will stay within range of the yeah. A's and, and all you have to do really is finish at least second mm-hmm. and then you're in uh, in your division 
All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Greg Lucas. All right, folks, we're back with Mr. Greg Lucas and uh, let's get to a couple of questions I have for you. Uh, I don't know if you completely answered this earlier, but are you sold on Kyle Tucker yet? Is he going to be a star? I'm not sold. I think he's going to he's going to be get enough he's going to get enough chances this season to find out. Uh, he may have been overrated by the farm for hey Whitley the same thing. The Astros have not hit on all of their draft picks. Uh, they they've certainly they've hit on Correa and they Springer and uh, but they they didn't hit on all of them. No. And uh, some of them have already fallen by the wayside. And a couple that they got right now like Whitley and, and Tucker are I. It doesn't look good, but uh, you can't write him off yet. Yeah, Tucker's had a few big hits, but like you said earlier, I think he's hitting around 200. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, everybody wanted him. They wanted it when they made trades, trying to make the team better for a playoff push or a World Series run. Everybody wanted Whitley. Everybody wanted Tucker, and they held on to him. So that's one reason I want to see him succeed, because who knows what we gave up getting by not trading these guys. Well, you want him to succeed for another reason, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the worst comes to worst after this season. The Astros lose their entire outfield of free agency. So you better, he better be coming through. And, and even if they lose two or one, that means there's going to be an opening out there for somebody to play. And uh, so, yeah, you better hope that he comes through. The Astros desperately need that because they cannot be sure that they will be able to retain all three of their regular outfielders after this season. Yeah, you would, if they didn't keep any of those, you'd be looking at, what, Tucker, Straw, and somebody else. I think you'd probably be well, at that, based on what you've got now, because that's the problem. I don't know anybody on in the system at, uh, well, they're not playing AAA or AA now, but I don't know anybody in the system uh, that's ready to, to jump in, uh, like uh, you know, so I think that that means they probably have to make some deals. You know, that's how they got. Well, that's how they got two yeah. thirds of the outfield. They made it through deals. They didn't grow uh, uh, two of the three outfielders or left and right fielders. So yeah, yeah, they might have to make some trades, but they will have some pitching that they you know maybe you don't want to see them go, but mm-hmm. they might have some pitching they can deal with. So uh, we'll just have to see how that works out. Yeah, I know a big thing that everybody's looking at is re-signing Springer to a uh, contract, but in my opinion, I think he's going to want too many years, and the Astros may not give him that. But I don't know. That's Luno or Lunau. I don't know how Click's going to be, but I, I just can't really see it. But, I mean, look at Brantley. I mean, wouldn't he be a cheaper option and a more consistent option? years because he's already older uh yes and even reddick you could probably get him for a two-year with a third-year option because he's older uh yeah you know, springer would be the one that would cost the most money there's no question about that and you know my, regardless of what the owner says money is a factor uh and so uh they've got correa um looming in the wings in a year or so after that and he uh if he stays healthy as he has so far this year, and hits as he has so far this year, then uh, you can't uh, ignore him either because, again, that's another position. I don't know what they've got 
Yes, they could probably move Bregman over, but Bregman is not a good, as good a shortstop as Correa. No. Uh, but he can play it and uh, find somebody else to play third. But uh, it's uh, there'll be a lot of questions after this season because of the way the contacts are running out. I think the Astros could find a decent outfielder, a productive outfielder in free agency, but you are not going to replace Correa. There's not a replacement out there for him. No, if he stays healthy, he's, uh, he's one of the best uh, shortstops in all of baseball, uh, both defensively and offensively. Yes. And no, you, those, those guys are very hard to replace. That may be an un, uh, uh, unpopular opinion among some fans. And I, Springer's my favorite player, but I truly believe that if we're going to have to spend another big contract or spend money on another big contract, I think you have to save that money for Correa. I think if it gets down to one or the other, if nothing, if for nothing else, age, because uh, Correa is several years younger. Yeah. And as a, you know, as a, I think uh, Springer is already hit thirty or better past thirty, and that's uh, yeah, that makes it a little bit more uh, risky. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, they're going to have to want to stay here as well. Um, but Not sure. yeah, it usually boils down mostly to money, that, uh, that's that's the way it works. And for some guys, they luck out. and Other guys have to go somewhere else, and uh, the fans have to just get mad if one of their favorites is gone. But that's the way baseball is nowadays. You brought up Reddick earlier as someone we could re-sign. And all through the offseason, he was the guy, the, the odd man out. Hey, this is the guy when we, when we re-sign Springer, you know, we're going to lose Reddick. We don't need him. But he's kind of making a case to keep now. Yeah, he does. I mean, yeah, everyone was saying, well, Tucker's going to win the right field job and Springer's going to be in center. And, well, Tucker hasn't won it yet. Tucker has uh, – he's, he's still trying. And he had a huge hit to win the game, uh, the walk-off uh, home run. But he hasn't been getting a whole lot of other hits. And that's uh, – and, and he strikes out. He gets strikes out a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, some pitchers can just work him. Uh, so um, he just has to do it himself. He just simply has to prove it. He he uh, he still got a chance because he's going to still play a lot this year. Another guy in the outfield to look at is Miles Straw, and in my opinion, I think he's just a pinch runner. I'm not sold on him as a hitter. I mean, maybe I a fielder, but I think he's a, he's your sixth outfielder. He is the poor man's uh, Marisnik. He can <laughs> run fast. Uh, and he's uh, in goal to get the ball, uh, but he's never going to be much of a hitter, and I don't believe. And so consequently, I don't look at him as a regular uh, on this club. You bring up Jake Marisnik. I believe he will be a free agent at the end of the year, and that could be a possibility, bringing him back. Uh, yeah, that's possible. That's a possibility. We'll find out how, how he likes it with the Mets and how the Mets like him and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that's a possibility. Absolutely. But, again, he's not a great – Offensive threat. I mean, he, he has his moments. He's yeah. a home run. I think one year he hit double-figure homers. But he's not really a great hitter. So uh, it's uh, if you're looking for regular, everyday players, uh, he wouldn't be real high on the list. No, but, yeah, I was just kind of comparing him to Miles Straw. <laughs> well, no, he'd, he'd, be, uh, he'd be an advantage over Straw from what we've seen of Straw so far. Right. All right, so... The Astros, what was that, their fourth or fifth extra inning game today? Uh, only their... Uh, yes, and I wish they'd gotten one point for each game. And 
think they call them ties. <laughs> I, frankly, I, I don't like the ghost runner, although they have a, they have an official term for it now. Uh, I heard it used today. It, it doesn't say ghost. But Inherited uh, run? Inherited runner? Pardon? Inherited runner? No, no they had a name for it. Uh, I, I don't know what it was called. But it was it's, it was a lot. I don't either. Official. Yeah, uh, but I don't like it. I, I I know why they did it, but I'm not sure. Again, that they could have, if they wanted to try radical things, just to, just let there be ties after whatever number of innings you want it to be. In fact, I would use the tie rule in the minor leagues right now because the purpose of the minor league, or sorry, minor leagues right now, but the purpose of the minor leagues is to develop players. You don't want to overuse young pitchers, mm-hmm. so. Designated or the, the ghost runner in theory will shorten the length of extra inning games, but it's there's still a lot of them that go 11 or 12. The Astros have had two that have gone 13, mm-hmm. so it hasn't shortened them by much. I would just as soon have a rule, and in the minor leagues, I would make it 10 innings. I would say after 10 innings, if the game is tied, it's a tie. The standings give two points. For, uh, the standings will give one point to each team. And you'd have a point column, just like they do in hockey. Yeah. Uh, two points for a win, no points for a loss, one point for a tie. So you would not be getting nothing if you had a tie, but it would be another way of determining uh, winners when the season's over, besides in addition to uh, win the loss percentage. Uh, but that hasn't been brought up, and they do use ties in, in uh, Japan. I think 12 innings is their limit. Hmm. And that started actually because of television. They, they were televising all the games, and TV didn't want these long runs, so they said, okay, we're limited to, I think it's 12 innings. Mm-hmm. The game will be over, it'll be a tie after 12. I don't know why uh, people are so adamant against that. I would rather do that than having an artificial runner put on base to start every inning. I know that's, that's too close to what that thing that they do in college football where they put the ball on 25 and then mm-hmm. each team scores about 30 points before the game's over. <laughs> uh, that's, that's rather cockamamie and this, this is too as far as I'm concerned. I'm hoping it's only being used this year as kind of an experiment and that, uh, you know, that next year they, they go back to playing real baseball. But I would be okay for ties yeah. if they're worried about of games. I'd be okay with ties. Fans aren't getting ripped off. In fact, they're, they're getting something out of it anyway because you're getting a point in the standings, whereas if you lose, you aren't. So I, I just, I would, I don't like that. I, I've never been a huge fan of the designated hitter at any time, but it, it's inevitable and it's going to end up being in all of baseball because that will help baseball realign because they can move teams from what used to be the American League or what used to be the National League mm-hmm. cross leagues and it, it won't be a big deal when they realign in the game and they will do that. Um, so that's inevitable. So that, that's going to happen. But uh, my big thing is the, the ghost runner at second base. I mean, that, they're, 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 some of the finishes have been interesting enough but it's just too... It, it takes one hit you know, yeah. to score a run. One hit. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a little harder than that. If it's not a home run, one hit is all it takes. That, that's kind of cheesy way to win a game. They showed a graphic today before the uh, 10th inning that said, uh, this is what I believe. I mean, I I think I wrote it down somewhere, but not, not on this paper. But 
it said 70% of these extra inning games are ending in the 10th. But it doesn't feel like that for us. They're, like you said earlier, they're going well, 12 no, or 13. I don't know what the percentage were, was in baseball last year when they, when, when they did some regular extra innings. I would suggest that most more of them ended in the 10th than any other single inning, even then. Yeah. Now, it may not have been 70-some percent, but uh, the, the extremely long game is quite rare during the course of the season. And, uh, and for some fans, they think it's a badge of honor to say, hey, we had 17 innings and I was there for the last pitch. And if you don't <laughs> want to stay, go on. Yeah. Just throw it on the radio or watch the end of it on TV. I, I don't think there's any magic uh, that uh, we're keeping people up because no, they can go home anytime they want to. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not a I'm not negative about the the past where the games went 17 innings or so. Maybe they could just add a rule where if you go a certain amount of innings, you can call a couple of people up, you know, while your bullpen rests. But I really don't know where I stand on this ghost runner on second. It just I don't know. It just I seems just, too easy I don't to like score. It, it goes against the basic concept of the rule of the game. Everything has to be earned. Yeah, it's not earned. It doesn't um, even count as an earned run. To get a base hit's hard to get. A double's hard to get. And and it, nobody earned that runner at second base. Yeah, he just put there. Now now he's not going to guarantee that he's going to score because as you said, seventy percent of in in ten innings and somebody has, but the other thirty percent. That means they have to play more than that. So there's no, it's true, there's no guarantee that he's going to score with that uh, that guy put out there. But it's uh, artificial. I just don't like it. And what will happen, though, is over time, they'll make it the rule and, you know, people get so used to it that it doesn't matter. Just like the designated hitter. The thing is that, like the, the moves the managers had to make when they were dealing with designated hitters. For instance, in the game, uh, now, Greinke's a bad example because he can swing the bat. But in the game today, uh, both of the managers would have pinch hit for their pitcher at some point in that 0-0 zero, zero game mm-hmm. uh, because trying to get a run. Uh, but in the American League, there's no reason. You don't have to take the pitcher out unless he's not pitching well because he never bats. But I, I like the managers having to make that decision or not. And um, they uh, don't have to make it in the American League. As long as the pitcher's doing it okay, they just leave him out there. And so uh, uh, that's just one thing that's lost. Uh, because when the manager made the wrong decision or it didn't work, that was great. Why did he take him out? He was pitching so well. And then the next guy comes in, they pinch hit for him, and the pinch hitter strikes out, and the next guy yeah. comes in, and he's lousy. <laughs> they shouldn't have taken him out. Well, you could debate that. And you don't debate it anymore because you don't take him out for strategic reasons. You take him out because you think it's time to make a change. Staying on pitching, what do you think about the uh, the three batter minimum? I don't like it for only one reason. Uh, I think it ties the manager's hands too much. But see, we're we're tying his hands with the designated hitter when you get down to it. Uh, I I don't think the manager should have to leave a pitcher in that fails. I do think. If a pitcher succeeds, he should not be able to take him out. In other words, if you bring in a left-handed pitcher to pitch to a left-handed batter, and he doesn't get him out, I don't want I don't want that guy have to stay in the game for two more hitters if he's if he has nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, if he comes in, gets him out, 
until he fails. But once he fails, you don't have to, he doesn't, he doesn't have to stay in there that long. I, I just don't like tying the manager's hands that much. Uh, and, but, you know, I don't know how much it's been a factor this year so far or not. I don't know. But uh, uh, I, I like to give the manager some room to make a change. If he puts in a guy that, you know, walks the first tear and it's all over the place and then gives up a double and then he gives up a home run and, and you you couldn't have taken him out after any of those hitters because he had to face three unless he had the beginning. Hmm. And I don't like that. What are your thoughts on Dusty Baker so far? I think he's just a typical major league manager. I don't think uh, I don't think he's anything special. He's not he's not a genius. Uh, he's not uh, he's just a, a long time manager. And big thing is if he uh, if he runs a good clubhouse, um, you know, and uh, and he basically does from what everything I hear. Then I'm fine with him. I know some. If, there's always a move that somebody's going to criticize. Like, why does, do you have this lineup? Well, you have the lineup because there are times you have to rest guys. Yeah. And uh, today was a good example. That was a pretty bad lineup. Well, Springer was not healthy. Uh, they, they got uh, uh, Alvarez DH or not DH injured. Uh, they've got uh, Red needing a rest because he's been. He's been slumping a little bit. I mean, he was hitting 330 or maybe a week ago. He's down to the low threes. So he probably needed a day off. Um, and so they, they have to do it sometimes. And uh, and they had won in the first game in the series, so they knew they were going to do no worse than, than split. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't use all the guys that uh, would have helped them perhaps score more than well, they got two runs. But uh, uh that happens. You know, Kane's got that criticism for giving guys rest. Yeah, there's... The, are gone. the old days where guys play the 162 games are, are dead. <laughs> they are gone. Yeah. Uh, they're all going to get rest. Uh, you know, the, the days when Biggio and Bagwell played all 162 games, you won't see those here anymore. Yeah, when people ask me my opinion on Dusty Baker, I, I tell them I really don't have one. I know, I mean... I'm critical of some of his moves here and there, but I was critical of A.J. Hinch as well. So, I mean, we're armchair managers. I mean, we're going to be critical of them throughout the year either way. So, I'm fine with I them. In the game on uh, on, on uh, Tuesday, they were talking about why did he use Correa when he was just going to be walked? Well, he knew that. But uh, that's okay because he's walked, and that means his next batter can be somebody who can actually bunt. Uh-huh. That's, that's the factor. Um, if he had had the, someone else bat second instead of Correa with the runner at first, if he was a guy who could bunt, he would have done it. That would have moved the runner down to second base. Then Correa would have come up and they would have walked him anyway. So the point is, it, it, really didn't, uh, it really didn't matter. And what it did do is it put more pressure on the Rocky or the uh, Rockies because now the yeah. Astros had two runners on base and they had uh, Straw who's got a little bit of speed and uh, I mean he's he could he's capable of even squeezing in a run so they had to bring in the five infielder the five infielders in there and uh, so I had no problem with the fact that they uh, they. They hit Korea at a point where he was going to be walked because he was going to be walked no matter where he hit. Right. Uh, whether he was the first pinch hitter or the second pinch hitter, he would have been walked. 
And so uh, it just put another guy on base. And in fact, if you're going to second guess anybody, you second guess the Rockies manager. Why didn't he walk straw to load the bases, which would have reset up a double play? And, uh, uh, you know, on a force play at home plate, not, not have to make a tag. Yeah. Instead, he pitched to him, and then he had a line drive to win the game. So really, the second <laughs> guessing more to me goes to the uh, uh, the Rockies manager far more than... Yeah, the way Straw's been hitting, I probably wouldn't have walked him either. But, you know, you got to set up that double play. Do you set up the double play, or do you pitch to the guy that's not doing very well? That's, you know... Well, that's the whole thing. I, I was up after Straw. Was at the top of the order. Um, Straw was hitting. Was he hitting? No. He was hitting first, yeah, wasn't he? Was he? So the next guy would have been at the top of the order. And uh, so, but, again, the double play, uh, with the bases loaded, obviously the first out has to go to home plate, but that's still easy because it's a fourth out. It's yeah. a fourth out at home plate. I'm going right. to tag. Well, he's got runners, second and third. And he hits the ball on the ground, and they try to score. Um, you got to tag him, and that's a tougher play. If Phil has to be good, you have to tag him if he if he goes on contact. So I thought the questioning more should have been toward the uh, Rocky manager uh, than uh, than why did he hit Correa where he did because uh, he was uh, he was going to be walked, but he would have been walked if he hit there or if he, they waited and saved him to the after mm-hmm. there was one out, he would have still been walked. So uh, that didn't really matter to me. All right. The next thing I have for you has nothing to do with the Astros. It was big news yesterday. Uh, What are your thoughts on that Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr., hitting that grand slam with his team up already seven on a 3-0 count? I don't have any problem with it. In fact, if you're going to complain to anybody, you complain uh, to his manager for not putting the take sign on. If he's got, if, if he doesn't have a take sign on, he's swing the bat. And uh, he's swung the bat. Uh, you know, that is, that is really, when they say that's an unwritten rule, <laughs> swinging at 3-0 and is what they tell you he's talking about, swinging at 3-0. and Well, um, I'm sorry, you got to make a better pitch than that. Yeah. Uh, number one. And number two. We have unwritten, so-called unwritten rules. Most of them are not to, are so, to, so you won't show up the other team, okay? Well, hitting a grand slam home run on a pitch that you sent, you, you, I saw the pitch, it went right down the middle. That's your fault. Because yeah. he's batting, and uh, he doesn't know whether he's going to hit it. He doesn't know whether he's going to hit it fair. He doesn't know whether he's going to pop it up. But, no, that, that, that thing really actually bugged me because that's, that's not the same is stealing second base in the ninth inning when you're ahead 10 to nothing. That's not the same because you don't have to steal. But when you're going to throw a pitch to the plate, the hitter's object, object is to swing at it, whether whether he swings at 3-0 or he swings with the next pitch, which is 3-1. and one. You know, yeah. that's his job. And so I, uh, I I totally disagree with that. You know, basketball has the same. They have an unwritten rule. You've seen it every game. Uh, if your team's ahead by a bunch of points, and the shot clock's running down, you will not take that last shot. You'll mm-hmm. just dribble out the clock. That's just, that's just you know, fair play or whatever. Football, same thing. If you got a big, huge lead, the, uh, the coach will put in the subs, especially in college. You know, they'll put in the bench. On the other hand, all those guys on the bench want to do well, too, and they may actually score a touchdown. 
and they actually throw the ball. Uh, that was a big argument back in the days of the old run and shoot offense that the University of Houston had. They had no real running game yeah. except as a change of pace. So they threw the football, and of course that ran up some scores. But they threw the football with their third string quarterback and their second string receivers. Yeah, that's the best you can do. But every sport has the so-called unwritten rules. And there is no unwritten rule about not swinging at a pitch. Uh, there might be an unwritten rule if you're ahead by, or if you're trailing seven to nothing and a guy's pitching a no-hitter and with two outs you try to bunt for a hit. That's an unwritten rule. And that, one, that one's just poor sportsmanship. Yeah. But you still should be trying to get a hit. You know, swinging a bat, if you get a hit, no-hitter's over, fine, no problem with that. But uh, doing something that you wouldn't do when you're behind seven to nothing uh, is another case. To behind one to nothing, no no problem with trying to get on base. Game's still in the hand. But uh, I don't I don't go for this unwritten rule on stuff like that. I I don't agree with the complaints or the arguments at all. I don't know what inning it was when he did it, but I don't think I don't think it was the ninth inning. But something that no, came up. Huge, I don't know the ending either, but it was a large lead. They had a big lead. I mean, they're going to, in theory, win the game. I mean, we've yeah. had games where guys have come back and had rallies. The odds are, percentages are, baseball's in you know, percentages that they, they were going to win the game. But uh, no, that is, that's a big stink about nothing. Should it be about nothing, as far as I'm concerned? There was a, uh, I actually posted it today because I came across it. Because uh, it's the Rangers uh, complaining about it. But there was a game, and I'm not sure how many years ago it was, but they beat Baltimore 30-3. to And they had a 21-point lead. I mean, a 21-run lead going into the ninth. And they scored six more runs. So, you know, why is that okay? But this guy, what do they want this guy to do? Just give up? I mean, he's up there to bat. If they're throwing pitches... The object of the hitter is to swing at him and hit him, you know, try to hit him. You're not, your object is not to go up there and strike out on purpose. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know. These guys haven't. I don't buy. I'm sorry, I don't buy. Yeah. Uh, who was it that, uh, oh, the Astros, uh, their, their RBI record for one game is by the catcher that was here very not very long. He, he drove in eight runs, and his last one was a grand slam home run. It was a one-sided Astro win. He got the last four RBIs, I think, on a, on a, uh, on a uh, grand slam home run off of a infielder who was pitching because mm-hmm. they used all their pitchers. Well, <laughs> That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. He's not supposed to strike out on purpose. Yeah, what are the, that's what I was going to say. Uh, these guys have millions of dollars riding on these stats, and I, I just don't get it. Like, what do you want the guy to do? Sit, just sit there and get struck out or just wait to get walked? I don't yeah, get they it. Would have, they would have wanted him to not to swing at a 3-0 pitch. They would have, yeah. you know, I don't know whether 3-1 would have been okay because he's got the advantage there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's, again, if the managers, and both managers have issue with it, well, then the manager, he's giving him the take sign. It's 3-0. That's not unusual to get a take sign. Yeah. I never saw anything where he disregarded a sign. And if you don't get a sign, that means you do what you want to do. Uh, and um, They made the kid apologize he saw, for it. He saw, he saw a pitch that, was, that he could hit, and he did 
What do you think uh, about that? They, uh, the thing in baseball, you can't run out the clock. Yeah. So you got to play. And, uh, and so as long as there's not 27 outs recorded, the game's not over. And so you play. And that's what I feel too. I think, uh, and that's, that's why I don't, uh, I don't subscribe to that being an unwritten rule. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what did you think about the, uh, I don't know if the team made him, but he apologized for doing it. I, I, I know, and that, that's, that's ridiculous. Yes. That's ridiculous. Sorry I didn't pop it up. I'm sorry, but that pitch was right <laughs> down the middle. Yeah. And there's no, there just is no unwritten rule. You don't, you know, is the unwritten rule you don't swing at a 3-0 pitch when you've got a big lead? I don't know, but it's, a, it's dumb. Because uh, these guys make their living off of statistics, and if the pitcher can't, if the pitcher can't throw a better pitch than that, then who who deserves it? Right, the pitcher deserves it. All right, folks. Just read it in there. Think about three and zero. not gonna swing it because I'm like they're eight to nothing. No, right. You, you just do that. You can't do that. So. All right, folks, we are running out of time here. The Astros, two more games against Colorado on the road. They're 13-10, and 10, a tw- plus 20 run differential, 7-3 and three in their last 10. Six wins in a row. That's it right there. I wrote it down and I forgot. Uh, then they have three more at Seattle. Things are up. I mean, they may have some cold stretches again later. Uh, and, you know, I, I can guarantee there's going to be some more runs scored in Colorado than there was in Houston. But uh, I think for the most part, uh, we've seen a lot from the young guys. It's very impressive. And we know that the regular guys, the big guys who have proven themselves, are going to get the offense going. And that's, that can be nothing but good. Okay, well, that's all the time we have for now. Mr. Lucas, I appreciate you coming on. You are definitely one of my favorite people in this world to have a conversation with. I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. All right. Thanks a lot, folks, for joining me. We'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.